When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Saturday Neon. Saturday Neon, guys, designs and manufactures officially licensed collegiate logo LED neon signs. It's a company that was started by two Colorado Buffalo alumni, two former college roommates. It's Denver-based, locally owned and operated. They offer free shipping as well. Saturday Neon's a really cool company. Like I said, they design and manufacture officially licensed collegiate logo LED neon signs. Imagine a Bud Light sign or a Coors Light sign in a window of a bar, but now imagine that that sign is of your favorite college school. So a Buffs logo or a Rams logo. They manufacture and design all of those. They look really cool. They use LED neon, not glass neon. They're easy to mount. And when you buy something from Saturday Neon, it comes with all the necessary mounting hardware. This is perfect for your office, for your man cave, for your bedroom. It's a great gift idea as well. So check these guys out. Use code DNVR for 10% off your purchase at SaturdayNeon.com. That's code DNVR for 10% off your purchase at SaturdayNeon.com. Oh, man. Oh, that was a tough one, fellas. Welcome into the Losers Lounge. How much is the lounge either? We're uh, we're all in our respected homes, apartments, uh, ready to, to we're a therapy lounge, ready to talk it out. If the Nuggets fight hard, never let go of the rope, would ultimately fall to the Utah Jazz at home. No Rudy Gobert, no Whiteside, no Ingles, no problem for the Jazz who score at will. With me for this one, I got my guy D-Line. You know him as Eric Weedham. How you feeling, buddy? I'm here in the loser's home. Um, I am uh, feel bad inside. I feel confused as to where my fandom is supposed to go. I'm uh, very discouraged, but I also understand that I shouldn't be expecting good things at this point in time. As you mentioned before the show, um, the Nuggets were jerky enough to make it close and give us hope, and that was uh, that was rude on their parts. Dev, how you feeling? Well, um, I was uh, seconds away from being superstar Dev to super sad Dev. Like it's just <laughs> all we know is pain, and this has been a lot of pain. Nuggets uh, Twitter, not a fun place right now. Nuggets on the court, not a fun place right now. My home, not a fun place right now. Hey, you got a, you got a little mini. Uh... Arcade behind you. That's not fun back there. What's going on? That's you gotta plug that thing in. I should have played that instead of watching <laughs> the game. That's what should have happened there. But that was funny, man. You you never got even got a chance to turn the game off because every time it felt like it was time, the Nuggets made a push for as poorly as they ultimately played. They almost played well tonight, guys, but just not enough help for Jokic, who goes absolutely off tonight. By the way, uh, twenty six points, twenty one rebounds. 11 assists. Dev, I'll start with you. Do you have a big takeaway after watching the Nuggets' inability to, to take advantage of what was at times a small ball lineup for the Jazz and and certainly shorthanded bigs? Uh, just the Jazz, like, answering the call. Like, uh, they were, um, you know, w- without a very important piece to their identity and guys just still seem to figure it out. Other guys stepped up as well. Um, I think that's really the difference in the game. Rudy Gobert did not play. Um, Donovan Mitchell did not have a great game, but Bogdan had an insane game. Um, insane. Like, guys just stepped up, and they also the, – the, the thing about Utah is they actually know their roles. Everybody on their team seems to know who they are, what they are, um, and, and that's just where the, the Nuggets have to get to and where they um, have to be. So it's kind of wild for the Jazz to be leading the charge on anything – uh, with the Nuggets. Eric, do you have any big takeaways after that game? <sighs> My big takeaways from that game is, I mean, the big takeaway obviously is just Jokic is the best player in the world. He can do no wrong. 
uh, it's unbelievable how little help he gets. Um, and it's crazy. Like, you know, the, his role players just vacillate so wildly. Like they're good. They're bad. Even the same players in the same game. It's like you get Monte Morris who goes nuts. We were talking about taking his threes in the, in the, uh, pregame show. And, you know, we shied away from him and he was on fire from behind three, but then in the biggest moment of the game, like he shot the most perplexing shot of the night in the worst moment, missed it. Of course. Um, it's just, it's just, you know, it's just, we, it, we, you just have to keep telling yourself this over and over and over. It's just, we're in a place where it's just going to be fun and then not fun and fun and not fun. You just can't count on anything other than in- inconsistency from the squad. Uh, it's just hard to go through it, but that's just, you know, it, in the end, like when we have our team fully together and we are uh, in Elysium looking back and laughing at all of the hard times we went through, like it'll all feel worth it. But man, when you're in the middle of this garbage, it sucks. Totally fucking sucks. <laughs> you know, what's tough is the Nuggets, the, the Jokic Murray Nuggets, I think one of the staples of their identity, that team, just what we came to think about them was that crunch time offense, right? That two-man game in the fourth quarter. And this year and tonight, it has felt like they just don't know what to do down mm-hmm. the stretch. Uh, obviously, get the ball to Jokic, but how do they do that? What do they do when defenses cut that off? And tonight, it just felt, even when things were going their well down the stretch, they made, going their way down the stretch, they made that mini run. But you could almost see everyone tighten up. Monte forces that three at the end, and... I mean, that possession didn't look like it was going anywhere else. So to me, Dev, it was just a a really disjointed effort down the stretch and and, and a lack of execution in the fourth quarter. And that's something that we've seen a couple of times from them this year. Yeah, and I don't even think it has to do with um, just, you know, not trusting each other, but it kind of does. I think that uh, the Nuggets know that they have to play so perfect. Things have to go their way or you have to make the right play or – you're not going to win the game or you're going to be, you know, judged in a way for, for taking those type of shots. Um, you know, the, the, the opposing team, every single opposing team knows who's on the Nuggets roster, who's, you know, not playing well, who's, you know, forced to play and, and to close with that team. And the Nuggets are just not at full strength. So as much as we want Jokic to have the ball and to take every single shot, it becomes very difficult because that's what the other team is also um, going after. And they take those type of things away. Um, So I think that at times you're seeing people force shots or you're seeing people try to create things just because they have to, they're put into positions where they have to um, try to make things happen. And if it doesn't go in, you're like, like, what the hell is that? But if it goes in, it's like, okay, someone's trying to help them out. So I think it's a really, um, tough spot to be in if you're uh, an other for the Nuggets right now. Yeah, uh, my my thing with it is that um, like it's a different lineup every night. It's like I don't even know who they are when you're talking about the closing lineup for the Nuggets. Like I would be surprised to see how many times Monte, Austin Rivers, Jokic. Uh, I, I can't even remember who's on the Aaron Gordon and and Barton we're on the court at the same time to close a game. I mean, it's just like they don't trust each other because they don't have a rhythm because they don't have playing time together because nobody can stay in the lineup, be it COVID, be it injury, be it whatever. It's just, I mean, this this whole season is just the only thing that you can count on is that it's going to be a completely different team every night with the exception of Jokic. All right, let's go through the roster. Let's talk about these games, these performances. Uh, interested to hear what you guys thought about Will Barton, who I thought – really played a horrid first half. And, and then in the second half, he got it going a little bit. Um, some life in the fourth quarter, ultimately finished with 20 points, four rebounds, five assists, but shoots just seven of 17 from the floor, two of six from from deep. And Dev, he, he did not get off to a great start in that first quarter. He played so bad in the first quarter. And really, you know, it, it, it set up the, the tone for the game because that's what you remember. He really did play, you know, a lot better offensively in that second half. And he went into a, a zone, like he got into a rhythm where he's making things happen. He's being a playmaker. He's trying to score the ball. But at the same time, when you look at those field goal attempts, at no point should he ever have the same amount of field goal attempts as Jokic. He just shouldn't. 
I think that's where it becomes like an issue. And also on that defensive end, he just seems to be letting guys do whatever it is yeah. that they want to do out there. Um, and, and that's where a lot of that frustration comes from. Because I really do. I want to defend him as far as like getting shots up and, and trying to make things happen. I think at times he also gets too um, caught into the fact that he has to be the one that does it where he's doing it a little too much. So I think that like he's still trying to find that balance and that line of someone else has to help Jokic because that's what everyone's going to say. Who's going to help Jokic? And then he's trying to, but it's just not working. So as the season keeps on, you know, going along, I hope that he just continues to to get into the right direction of not taking all the bad shots, but still having to take shots. And I think right, keeping the foot on the gas, but cutting yeah. off the fat if you can. What do you think of his night, E? I mean, it's like you said, the first half was just absolutely abysmal. It just felt like we were going to be a night where we had to either bury or defend Barton uh, because it was going to be nonstop comments about him. In the second half, he like got it. He got it going. He looked pretty good. He was still there were a lot of possessions where you're like, dude, just pass it off. Like, don't like don't. But, you know, he made some of those shots, too. Um, And he, you know, as going down the stretch when it looked like we were dead in the water down 10. Uh, he was the, I mean, he was a little bit of the catalyst to get us back in the game. So I have a hard time like fully burying him. It's just, you know, Barton is another guy that specifically for him, when there is no order at or, or certainty or knowing like really what to do, like his worst, like comes out, his worst tendencies arise when there's, when there's confusion. So there were specific moments where I liked him being aggressive, like him being able to drive deep and take that pull-up jumper, um, getting all the way in and getting to the rim, which he did in the first, fourth quarter. Like with the way Utah was playing Jokic, someone did have to drive into the teeth of the defense yep. and be ready to score. It was, I think, there were several ill-timed pull-up fast-break threes on a night where he just didn't seem to have it. Um, a couple of moments where you go, oh, they're close to turning the corner. I know it's doubles and triples, but just get the ball to Yoke right now. And it's a three in the first five seconds of the shot clock. That stuff killed me, especially in the first. And I think it mars his night. It it actually was closer to a good night on the offensive end than some than some might realize. I think in the second half, he was good. Someone yeah. needs to take those shots and put that pressure on. Um, but right now, as the de facto second best player of the team or, or scorer, or, or maybe that's his role, whether you view him that way or not. He seems to have a little confusion on on when to pull which levers. In in my opinion, one of the one of the best things you know about this Nuggets team right now is like when Will Barton you know has it going. You're like, oh yes, Jokic is going to get some help. One of the worst parts is when Barton has it going because you're like, damn it, he he's going to start taking a lot of shots. <laughs> he's going to think that he's really in a zone right now, and it's just not time for that. Like just having to play him like that many minutes in a row yeah. is like where his you know, that's why I think that there's so many, you know, people that are down on Barton because you're having to play him so much and he's playing, you know, 30, 40 minutes a game. And that just becomes it becomes a lot because you're going to see those highs. You're going to see those lows. One of my things that's like really standing out with Barton as of late for, you know, for like the last month is what happened to the defense? That yeah. I think that's where where the issues are. Like he's yeah. not um, applying himself on that end and he, as much as he's uh, needed on offense, he's really needed on defense, probably even more because it's Aaron Gordon who's, you know, a little banged up right now. So who's going to be there, their defensive, you know, guy or someone that's going to step in and help him on that end. And I think that's where Barton is having the most issue, issues right now. Yeah, agreed. It was um, – and it was just – inconsistent within four quarters and then the defense to your point has just been it's been a long time now since he we talked about how great he was to start the season how energized he looked athletic engaged and it's been it's been so long so uh yeah absolutely let's talk about aaron gordon who played really well on the offensive end eight of 11 from the floor 17 points but i actually did not think this was a very good aaron gordon game guys he only finishes with three rebounds and he spent a lot of the night guarding Boyan, who absolutely went off. Uh, what did he finish with? Does anyone have that? Let me check real quick. 32, I think, or 33. Oh, 36. 36. 36 which is dope because that means a $36 free bet from our friends at DraftKings.com <laughs> if you opted in. Let's go, Boyan. Thanks, bro. <laughs> yeah, Man. so it was, it was um, 
I mean, I mean, it was a team effort getting worked by Boyan, but it was Gordon too, for sure. So, I mean, what do you think of his night ultimately, Doug? I mean, the thing that Aaron Gordon was brought over was for defense. And you don't want to put a lot on him right now because he's like clearly banged up, but guys have been getting the best of him as of late, you know, when it comes to that defensive end. For, for Boyan to go off like that with him as the primary defender, you just don't expect those type of things. Um, I mean, I don't think that Aaron Gordon was horrible because he he was good on offense. Like at one point in the game, he had like only like one miss and he was just knocking down everything. Later in the game, I felt like he was kind of laboring. Um, and also he was like getting exposed on that end of the floor. So I think he wasn't into it, you know, in the same um, way. So he has to get back into a rhythm. But on that goaltend late in the game, it looks like he tweaked his, his hamstring or tweaked himself again. So like now – is he going to go into the next game like as a questionable or, or he has to sit down again? That's like a, another thing that you have to think about because, I mean, you, you need him. You, you really do need him, and you need him to have these type of games to just do a little bit more on the defensive end, and this wouldn't be a bad game. Um, but we didn't see the same type of aggression, like, and that's, you know, something that stands out. Usually he's down in the paint and he's – you know, selling guys and going up for and one finishes. He didn't go to the free throw line once tonight. So, like, that goes to show you the type of game he had. He's on the perimeter. Um, he's shooting the mid-range. He, you know, went one for four from the three-point line. Like, he's out there, and, and they need him to be inside as well because it becomes a high-low attack. They also have to defend Jokic in a, a different way. Um, and that's also his just – it's Jokic's escape valve. So, Rough game for, for Aaron Gordon as far as, like, like being the consistent force that they needed him to be. What do you think, Eric? I, I mean, I didn't think – he didn't strike me as playing poorly on defense at all. Like, I just thought Boyan was just hitting wide open threes. It didn't matter. Like, he was just hitting everything. Like, I, I didn't remember any times where I, I thought Gordon, like, really got cooked on, on defense. Like, he did what he always does, which – the the one thing I love the most about Aaron Gordon's defense is, like, he never gets uh, – he never gets fooled by jump fake, by head fakes. Like he, he always stays down. He always just puts his hand up. He like never uh, gets up in the air and like guys jump into him. And that was the the same again tonight. Like, I mean, I thought Aaron Gordon was good. Like I, I just wanted more from him. I just wanted him to be like more engaged. Like Dev is saying, I, I agree. Like I, I wanted to see him in the paint more. I wanted to see him cutting more. Like the things that we know that he and he alone can bring to this squad. Like he was, you know, he was playing on the perimeter in offense and he was knocking down his shots, which is cool. But like, that's not like the role we need from him. We need him to be in there banging. We need to, yeah, we need to see him go to the free throw line. We need to see him uh, making his physicality felt. Um, but I mean, I have a hard time giving Aaron Gordon any, any guff in this game. Like he, to me, like that was not the breakdown, you know, like I, I AG looked, he looked fine to me. I don't know. It's just, there's like a million other places that I, I just felt like there were holes in this nugget squad. I mean, the jumper looked great, but I thought I thought defensively he had a really rough game. And I thought Boyan, I know the third quarter was a bit of everyone getting that work, but the first half as well, it was AG. Um, and to Dev's point, I definitely saw him come up. I mean, the broadcast mentioned it. It looked like he came up a little lame after that goal 10. So, like, to me, like, um, that's like a bad, like, I don't know why he's defending Boyan. Like, he should be defending Royce O'Neal. He should be defending guys that are, like, in going in into the paint. Like, guys with the take long jumpers like that's not like why why are we putting ag on him i i don't know if they had better options sons especially sons jeff and, and they had three guards in the starting lineup so maybe that was part of it but i, I mean ag i liked his approach on offense there was one like i'm nitpicking here this is one of the few guys that shot well tonight but there was he did take a it was wide open but he took a three from the wing in the fourth quarter and i think it was like a five or six point game or something like that uh and he had he had a wide open lane to go dunk and cut it and cut the lead. And I thought I would have preferred seeing him look aggressive and assertive and he settled for that jumper, uh, but he did shoot well tonight. So credit to him there and, and not a lot of guys did. Uh, so let's keep it moving. Austin rivers, uh, who was just not good at all tonight, guys, three from the floor or four from three, six points, total two rebounds, one assist. He did have a nice little stint defensively at the end of the fourth on Donovan Mitchell, but for the most part, Deb, I thought Rivers was was a real um, a real low light tonight. Was Austin Rivers the primary defender on Donovan Mitchell? Yes. 
Like, so you have to, like, you got to give him some credit on that because he did make, you know, life difficult for Donovan Mitchell, who, who's been insane offensively as of late. So for him to only come up with 17 points, like I do want to tip my hat to that to before I just obliterate him. <laughs> because, because like, Compliment sandwich. Let's go. Oh, yeah. Offensively, he, he was atrocious. Um, so you know, bad. He, he's not making any shots and he continues to shoot the three ball. Like he just is always out there. He does, you know, he doesn't really cut or anything like that. He's just out there just shooting the ball. He also holds the ball for, for a while. He also just never seems to be on the same wavelength as Jokic. And I think that, like if you're going to put somebody in the starting unit, it has to be with, you know, a person that's going to play alongside Jokic the right way. Um, so, like, maybe there has to be a change there. Maybe Austin Rivers goes back to where he's comfortable, and that's, you know, being able to, or being able to, to shoot. And also, he's going to be a lockdown defender on those second unit guys. Um, so, like, as, as good as he was on defense, he was double as bad on offense tonight. He was so terrible. Like, he was so terrible. He was, like, the one play. You know, when you watch a game that's frustrating as this, like, you have just, I guess, the human tendency is to find the scapegoat, like, the one guy that's, like, really irks you, like, when things aren't going well. Um, and River, tonight, for me, that was, like, Rivers. Like, every time something was going bad, I was like, ah, Austin River. Drive me crazy. Like, I don't even know if you can call it shooting the three ball for him. It's the zero ball. He's shooting zero balls. Like, he's not making any three-pointers. They're not even close. Uh, he is uh, making, uh, like, he completely grinds the flow of the offense to a halt for no good reason. Like, it's not like he's stopping and assessing what's going on the floor, being a floor general and, and restarting it. He's just, like, holding it. Uh, it's it's terrible to watch. I hate watching it. I'm I'm so frustrated with it. Like it's unfair, but like I mean, I'm I'm just like I'm so done with the Austin Rivers experience at this point. Like I, I don't know what it take to get you back on board. But were you a bit shocked when uh, Austin Rivers actually got into the starting lineup? Like I know, yes, the game it was saying that he was. Well, I don't know. It didn't say he wasn't going to play, but there was thoughts that he wasn't going to play. Right, right. questionable with that right right to some sprain. I mean, who starts? Right, they don't have a three right now, and so maybe you like maybe you could have stretched it with like Flacco at three, but you can't now, you know. You so I I do think that's part of it right now, and and maybe an attempt to get any sort of perimeter. Davon Reed, Davon Reed could have started, and maybe he should have. Um, to to Deb's point, to Deb's point, we do have to credit Rivers for the job he did on Mitchell, who just missed some shots too, but. Like, if we're going to sit here and point out AG's defense, Rivers had some impact on that end. But offensively, it's just that first quarter, it was it felt very indicative of how this recent stretch of games has gone. Like, defenses know exactly what to do. Rivers is wide, wide, wide open. <laughs> and things aren't going to change until he can knock that shot down. And right now, he can't. Um, it's a bummer because I liked the way he was playing off the bench for a while there. But with the starters, it has not, it has not been a good fit. Uh, let's take our first break, fellas. When we come back, we'll talk about Yoke. We'll talk about the rest of the team. We'll hear from Mr. Wynn at Ball Arena, get an update. We'll keep this thing moving. We'll try to have a little fun. If we can, uh -oh. fun to be had. We haven't had fun yet? Let's go. Breckenridge Ridge Brewery is the official beer of DNVR. Regular seltzers are also sold at the DNVR bar. Uh, so come and get those. Breckenridge Brewery is the best. Check out the Malahaya City Copper Lager, that Denver Nuggets team can. Sleek blue can with the logo right on there. It drinks a lot easier. The, the Nuggets play offense right now. Um, so it's really nothing like that experience, if that helps. If you're not sure where to get it, try the Breck Beer Locator, or you might be able to find it at your nearest grocery store like King Supers or Costco. You can even try the Jizzly app, get it delivered straight to your front door. Or if you want to order food and booze from the farmhouse from Breck Brew, you can do that too. Call 303-803-1380 from 12 to 8 p.m. for pickup. Use code DNVR to save $5 when you do. Breck and Bruce Brew, the official beer of dnvr and it's wednesday so i get to push that strava craft coffee on you guys um i really love my cbd infused coffee it's delicious it contains caffeine like normal coffee but it doesn't make me all jittery and fiendish and skittish like that second or third cup of normal coffee does uh it's helped great with anxiety great with ibs great with joint pain oh, right yeah. now dnvr listeners can get 25 percent off their entire purchase 
When they use code DNVR25, that is 25% off your entire purchase at DravaCraftCoffee.com using code DNVR25 at checkout. You can also subscribe. Subscribing to Strava means you never have to buy coffee in the store again. Come straight to your doorstep every two, four, six, eight weeks. You get 20% off that CBD-infused coffee every subscription, every order, I should say. So check out Strava Craft Coffee. It'll leave you honking like a goose. And we are back. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, all right. I like this comment from Rayvon, which is, I, I kind of agree. Like, off the bench, I think Austin clears a certain standard of talent. Um, but it's about fit. And with that with that starting starting group, we haven't seen the fit. So, And, yes, I do miss Jeff Green. I do miss Jeff Green, J27. Dude, that's the thing. Like, the fit, uh, I don't even, it's, it is a, like, every player on this team needs to be, a puzzle piece in a moving puzzle. Like the, all of the rest of the players outside of Jokic change so regularly. Like, I don't even know what it is to be a fit, you know, like a fit with who, with what, like every, every other piece changes. Like it, it's so crazy. Um, the inconsistency of the season is just, is it's like just enough to drive you insane. And I can see that on Twitter and I can see that in our chat. Like people are being driven absolutely insane by this Denver Nuggets squad. I, I think it was Jeff Morton who said in that uh, in yesterday's show, but if the Nuggets were just horrible, like actually horrible, this might be a little easier. Uh, but it's just the little flickers of hope and belief. But let's <laughs> talk about the one constant, the one thing, our, our guaranteed source of good vibes. Pain! Nikola Jokic. Oh, let's go. Because I believe, I don't believe, I know. That's our DraftKings king of the game. Let me see. Let me check my notes here. Yeah, 26, 21, and 11. Not bad. He shoots 10 of 17 from the floor. One of those misses was a full court heave. Two blocks. I thought he was really good defensively as well tonight. Doubles, triples. Uh, It didn't stop him from, from getting to the foul line, going to work. Maybe moving a little faster when he had to, a little quicker. You got it done. Dev, Jokic, wax poetic for us, brother. Well, first off, I somehow ended up on like a Twitter Twitter battle with people <laughs> saying that Jokic wasn't, you know, that good tonight. Now, I, I don't know. know. Well, they watched. I really don't know what they watched. But like when you really break down this game, it was like it was like really a high IQ game from Jokic. I feel like he he set the tone with like passing early to make the defense try to get off of him or at least try to. Um, you know, get pressure off of sending the double team so much or trying to get so many bodies on him. So he set him up with passing early, got his teammates involved. Monster on the boards. Like we we called that five, 15 and a half. That was very easy. You know, there's another triple-double, uh, you know, 2020 game from him. Um, and then also like late down in the stretch, he started scoring. Like they made sure to give him the ball and, and he scored. Um like he went 10 to 17. A couple of them were just heaves or just like getting the ball like out of his hands um, where he had to shoot it. But he really did dominate this game in like every single way. He eliminated, you know, second chance opportunities. For some reason, they want, you know, Jokic to get the ball and, and go through double teams and really try to hurt himself to just try to um, score. Like he's out there doing exactly what he's, you know, like what he knows he can do. He's making sure he gets guys open and they're just missing shots right now. So you can't, you know, go against um, the type of game he had. I was excited for um, Djokovic to have that type of game on <laughs> the uh, stage like that for the whole world to know that he's, you know, playing two different sports at the same time. You know, it's funny. The ESPN <laughs> broadcast had a rough night, called him Djokovic and Djokovic. I know that's the line. Like it's, it's got to – next time it's like if it's less than 17, I'm still on. Dude, still who's on. we, by the way? Who's we? I laughed at that, scoffed at that number. I, know, I, didn't, even, I, know. I, didn't, I didn't take one second to, of hesitation for that. But you know what's funny is I actually thought the commentators tonight – I mean, they butchered Jokic's name and he's the MVP and it's time to get this right. It's beyond disrespectful. They were really pro-Jokic tonight. It was a lot of praise. It was a for lot sure. of explaining why he was the MVP and how good he looked despite the circumstances. Uh, but Eric, what do you think of Jokic's game on both ends of the floor tonight? Here's the thing about Jokic is that uh, he is our all and our everything and the only thing, and he can do no wrong. And um, it's frustrating when early in games he just never wants to score, and you just knew that he was going to need to score tonight. And uh, 
but he just will only operate the way that Nikola Jokic does, which is looking to get others involved, facilitate things, and then he'll like always kick it into gear as far as scoring is concerned down the stretch. But it's like he just wanted. I personally was just like, dude, we're gonna need you to score tonight. Like it's the thing that sucks is like we just need so unbelievably much from him. It is. It's disgusting, like the amount that is required of Nikola Jokic on a day in, day out basis. It's like so deeply unfair. Uh, his talent is supreme. He, his like ability to run the the entire team is like unmatched, and it still doesn't matter. It's not enough. Like he, it's just like Jokic, Jokic. It's Jokic and the dipshits. It's just like a. It's like the worst band of all time. Like, like I just watch these guys. Like I, I don't. If if Jokic was not on this team, this the Denver Nuggets would lose by forty points every single night. Like there's not another player that you can look to. That's. I mean, this, any this kind team of is consistent... constructed around three max contracts, including Jokic. I, and I, 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 I listen. Like, we'll talk. It about is built that. around them. Uh, 1000% I'm just saying like at this exact moment in time like the product that we are presented and like these players that are filling in the gaps it's just not enough it's not good enough it's not fair and you know it's this is a life is unfair situation unfortunately because Tim Connolly constructed a team good enough around Jokic so he wouldn't have to he could just be the center of it and wouldn't have to be the the alpha and the omega but like right now it's just it's I just feel I just really feel for the guy like you can already tell like he feels the weight of the world on his shoulders like he said as much in the interview that he's not having fun playing like right. he's, so right. much is required of him and like on a night like this where you just see just such boneheaded plays out of so many other guys where you're like not only that like they're so it's amplified so much because they're playing with the smartest guy in the NBA. And it's just like when you see Barton make some decisions that he makes and you see a guy who's a high IQ player, typically Monte making just a terrible decision at the end of the game that forces Jokic to put his hands on his head. It just in disbelief. It's like, guys, man, like you have been gifted the opportunity to play with the greatest player of this generation. And like, what are you guys doing? It's so frustrating on nights like this. Yeah, one other thing, like, and it's like a fun game that you could play uh, when you do the, like, around association today. When you look at all the other, like, stars or just, like, main guys on teams, you look at how many times they shoot a game. He's just way under them. Like, he, he just is. Like, for instance, he takes the same amount of shots as Kyle Kuzma tonight. He's not their best player. You know, Bradley Bill gets up way more shots. Like, Jokic – and it is because a lot is asked of him, and he's also rebounding. He's also setting up the offense and doing everything else. But just like the fact that he's not trying to score or shoot it every single time, it is it does become frustrating because you want him to be so great um, on that end, and also like to carry them in so many different ways. Like I just know, really, if we're frustrated, think about how frustrating it is for him for him to just want to make the right play every single time, and it's like damned if I do, damned if I don't. All right, obviously you can see we're joined by our colleague, our friend, the myth, the legend, Harrison Wind, live from Ballerina. <laughs> Mr. Wind, what's, what's cracking? up, guys? Nothing, was man. That, How are you guys Was doing? that fun for you? It was a fun game, I thought. Um, I thought it was a pretty fun game until the end, obviously. I was saying throughout the second half, especially when Nicole Jokic went out of the game, I was like, if they can just keep this within 10. Yep. They've got a really good shot to win it. And they did keep it within 10 when he checked back in with like nine and a half minutes left, a little earlier than he usually does. And they just couldn't close the deal. So I actually didn't think it was like an unwatchable game or anything. I had a good time watching it. It was just kind of (laughs) what we've seen from, uh, from this team a bit over, you know, this entire season. Right just holding our breath in the second half. All right, who would we hear from tonight, or who did you hear from, rather, after the game? We talked to Popeye Jones. We talked to Nico Jokic and Monte Morris. I got to say, man, I'm loving the Popeye Jones experience. I'm not talking about anything that's happening on the court. I'm talking about everything that's happening in the press conferences because he just tells it like it is. Like, pregame – Popeye Jones is just letting us know exactly how many minutes Monte Morris is going to play, exactly how many minutes Aaron Gordon's going to play, who he's starting, what the defensive matchups are going to be. Um, and post game, he, he was kind of letting it fly as well. But 
he didn't like the Nuggets' defensive energy tonight. Denver gave up 10 threes in the first half, and they did get all they did limit Utah a little bit from beyond the arc in the second half, but he just didn't like their defensive energy, you know, in total tonight. He said he kept telling, you know, his guys to get up on their shooters. The Nuggets weren't, and they kept making threes. And then on the other end of the, uh, of the floor, he was just like, look, we've got to make some shots. They were doubling, tripling Nicole Jokic all night. Um, we just got to knock down some threes. And, you know, Denver got hot a little bit from three and then really pooled off late. They finished 11 to 36, just 31%. So um, I, I think he's kind of onto it there. Just didn't knock down enough shots. Yep. Just take the mic though, man. It's all you. It's all you here. Okay. <laughs> um, look, Nicole Jokic, 26 points, 21 rebounds, 11 assists, two blocks. Uh, Popeye Jones was like, look, you feel for him. Uh, he puts those numbers up and you lose. You feel for him. Most superstars wouldn't take it, but he comes back every possession and keeps fighting. And then, and then the quote of the night, you guys. Popeye Jones, when talking about how special of a guy Nico Jokic is, he goes, I'd want my daughter to bring Nico Jokic home if, if she was bringing a guy home to marry. Wow. I'd want my daughter to marry Nico Jokic. Wow. Unbelievable. Wow. <laughs> now, look, I think Popeye Jones knows Nico Jokic is married and has a kid. But yeah. <laughs> this, He's just kind of hammering home the point that he's the top this human. This is a special, special human being, the top human, as some people said. That is such a like a coach cliche. That's like the peak. That's the mountaintop of cliches. Yeah. Unbelievable. It was it was a, a pretty incredible quote. Uh, the silver lining tonight, and Popeye also uh, hit on this. They got Monte Morris back, and Monte was really, really good tonight. Yep. 20 points in uh, 29 minutes, five of nine from three. His minute range, and I know this because Popeye Jones said this pregame, was 24 to 26 minutes. Not so much the Nuggets were going to want to play him. They went a little above that. And you know, Popeye said that he and Monte, they talked when there was four minutes left. And he was like, you good? And Monte was like, I'm good. And so he, he had him finish out the game. So he played a little bit more than uh, he was supposed to tonight, but – Man, was it good to have Monte Morris back. Really the only guy who was consistently knocking down threes tonight. Sure. Sure. Monte was great tonight. It was good to have him back. Yeah. And then, you know, we spoke to Monte as well. And, you know, Monte was out for a bit with COVID. He said he was pretty asymptomatic, just had some headaches. (laughs) He said the most basketball reps that he got while he was out was just playing Papa Shot on his little hoop in his house. That was his so practice is that 30, while he was a 30-foot Papa shot? Three was, <laughs> was yeah, he was on fire from three. Um, and look, this is another, like, huge storyline that's obviously going on, right? The Nuggets are down a bunch of players. They're also down a lot of coaches. And they were without a couple more coaches tonight. Like, Ryan Bowen wasn't on the bench tonight, who – you know, after Popeye Jones was the Nuggets' next assistant up. Uh, if you're familiar with the Nuggets' assistant coaches, like Ogie Stoyakovich is pretty far down the list of, you know, how, uh, like, the order of assistant coaches. He's usually on the second bench. He was on the front of the bench tonight, so they didn't have Ryan Bowen. They're down um, Malone, Adelman, Jordy Fernandez, and Ryan Bowen. You know, that's four of their top five assistants so or and coaches. So Monte was kind of talking about how different it is um, sometimes in huddles, just mm. during the flow of a game. He said at times, Monte said, we kind of like look around, what set are we in? It right. gets stagnant sometimes. He says they're missing Malone yelling out calls and plays from the sidelines. And he just said everybody's got to be locked in more mentally and timeouts just in on the floor. Yeah, it's funny. I know they're professionals, but it's – I was thinking about this too. We almost didn't talk about it enough. Like I'm sure not having your head coach matters, right, especially in a tight game down the stretch. I'm sure there's some real impact there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then we spoke to Nicola as well, who was actually in a pretty good mood tonight. So, I mean, you guys know from all this 
uh, Zooms I hop on after Nuggets games in the post-game lounge, how long Nikola Jokic usually takes to talk to the media. He was out super quick tonight. He walks out double-fisting two smoothies and goes, <laughs> you guys can't say I never did anything good for you because he got to the podium so early. <laughs> what a guy. What a guy. <laughs> double-fisting so smoothies. Yeah, yeah, two smoothies tonight. Oh, uh, so I don't think he was too beat up after the loss, but um, he was also speaking about not having Malone and he had this great quote and he was like, sometimes we just look at each other, me and Malone, and we know what we want to do. He knows what I want to do. I know what he wants to do. And that's just kind of how we communicate late in games, especially. Um, and he also said like, look, with all these coaches out, with all these players out, we've got to do the small things. We got to do the little things to make up for that we got to set better screens we got to box out we just got to kind of do the little stuff that you know we didn't do right. tonight you said he was in a good mood though like what do you i mean crazy good mood normal good just just what had, had a lot for you at the podium how, how would you describe it yeah in a good mood he was like joking with the pr intern joking with the people on zoom he's in a good, good mood hear. good to hear anything else from the big fella that's all I got. Harrison, we appreciate you as always, man. Do you want to get any takes off just on the game in general before you get yeah, out? Yeah, yeah. Now that you're here, I, mean, early, I, can, I can stay on here. Yeah. I was gonna I'm say, sure now that you're here early, you got to be in the uh, you got to be in the losers. You're in the the loser arena there. Yeah. Um. Anything else that I saw tonight? The best defense the Nuggets might have played all night was Faku Kimpaso got four straight stops on Jamal Murray at halftime during <laughs> one-on-one. Them two going at it in the post. Uh, Jamal Murray, 0 of 4 on Faku at halftime. We're screwed. We're screwed. <laughs> All right, we're going to take another break, guys. When we come back, we'll finish up going down the roster, sharing our thoughts. We'll get everyone out of here, get everyone a little closer to the weekend after a nice little therapy lounge. Um, I probably should have looked up which reads I'm doing. No, you should have. That's true. Uh, okay, so it's the second read. And it's a, <laughs> oh, let's talk about Light Shade, Colorado. Let's go! Uh, they have 10 Colorado locations, soon to be 11. And if you go into any of those locations, you give them code DMVR, they're going to give you 25% off your purchase. Uh, shop online or visit one of those 10, soon to be 11, Light Shade locations near you. And while we're talking about Lightshade, we want to push those Escape Artist brands on you. You can find them at any Lightshade location. Escape Artist is the highest awarded topical brand in Colorado. Uh, they've got ratios available in 1 to 1, 20 to 1, 800 to 800 for all you psychopaths out there. It's founded and formulated by food and pharmaceutical scientists that believe in the brand that should be truly that should truly exemplify the Colorado lifestyle of a balanced wellness routine. That's a lot of buzzwords. Let me tell you the good stuff. Marijuana, it works, and it's 25% off. Lightshade, use code D-N-V-R. Just two reads tonight. So let's talk about DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook app. The football season is wrapping up. The Broncos are out of it, and your favorite college football team is probably not in contention for the title, but you can still get skin in the game with DraftKings Sportsbook. Try their new same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you have, the more money you win. Also, if you're a new user, download the app now. Use code DNVR. New customers can bet just $5 on any football team to win their game. If they do, you get $200 in free bets. Wind down that season with a big win. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR. Bet just $5 on any football team, college or pro. Win $200 in free bets if they win. Must be 21 or older, or older Colorado-only. New customers-only restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. And we're back. Uh, we are back, and we are ready to talk about Facundo Campazzo, who caught the start tonight. Obviously, Monte shined off the bench. Baku, not as great a night starting. Finishes 2-6 of six from the floor. Five points, four assists, two rebounds. Wind, what do you think of Faku's night? Um, I don't really have that many takes about Faku's night. Yeah, I know. I think it was okay. I mean, he only played 20 minutes. That's probably the biggest takeaway from Faku's night. I mean, that's got to be the fewest amount of minutes he's played in a while. They played 33 against Dallas, 34 against the Rockets, 32 against the Warriors, and then all the way down to 20 tonight. Um, 
Yeah, he, he just didn't have a huge impact, I thought. He had a couple nice plays, but you know, a couple rough fouls, uh, one of three from three, not not as big of an impact as we needed from him. Yeah, I did yeah. think it was very good tonight. What do you think, Dev? With Faku, um, just the type of game that he had, um, I feel like against the Jazz, they like just kind of attack him and go after him in different ways, and it was like a – I mean, they're missing their main guy, but it was like with with Snyder, it's just like a lot of playoff type of um, games for play. So I feel like he kind of, in a way, got played off of the court, and he didn't have the same energy that he typically has. Like I don't remember uh, Faku uh, just like sequence that he usually does have um, in those games that impacts it. So I like I don't have a lot. Like he, I don't think he had a good game. I don't think he had a bad game. Yeah. I think it just wasn't the right setting for him. Yeah, yeah I, I have no little, takes. I thought he was a little overzealous on defense at times. Just sometimes he takes some gambles, go for steals, um, roams off his guy. And there were a couple of times tonight where it was a catastrophic effort more than just yeah. Him. But yeah, I didn't. I did not think this was a great Faku night, uh, and not a surprise to see Monte close over him given how he played. Yeah, I mean, what, what's going to be interesting on Faku real quick is that I'm guessing Monte steps back into the starting lineup here Friday in Denver's next game. Faku goes back to the bench. He's been way more effective as a starter, Faku has, really over the last couple of years. Like, that's that's an open and shut case. He's way better with Jokic, way better with those starters. I wonder how he adjusts to playing with the bench unit more. Yeah. You know, or if – the Nuggets coaching staff tries to play him and make it a point to play him with Jokic in some starts because he does struggle with that bench unit so much. It'll definitely be something to keep an eye on going forward. And you would assume that Monte has that starting spot back sooner rather than later. I know, I know how people want us to close the show tonight. I know what everyone's waiting for, but before we get there, I just want to go around and close on a, on a somewhat more positive note. We'll start with win. If you had to pick a silver lining tonight, just something something positive to hang your hat on, what are you going with? Uh, I mean, Monte, obviously. He looked really good coming back. I mean, we've seen guys come back from COVID and not have their legs under them, like a Bones Island and other guys throughout the league. But Monte definitely looked like he had his legs and, and he was good to go tonight. Um, Will had a nice run early in the fourth quarter. I mean, other than that, I don't think he played a great game, but he got some shots to go in that fourth. So you hope that uh, gives him confidence going forward. Or maybe maybe not confidence. That might be the wrong word, but just <laughs> gets him in a better rhythm. Yeah. Yeah. What do you got for me, Dev? I think uh, with the world watching, everyone's eyes on the Denver Nuggets for Nikola Jokic to go out with a triple-double in the fashion that he did. 26 points, 21 rebounds, 11 assists. It's just not happening. Like, if anyone else does that um, on a national stage, that's all they're talking about. They don't care if they lose the game. Um, they're just going to talk about what type of night they had, what type of impact they had in the game, and how they just completely dominated. They don't care what the storyline is on the other side as well. He's been doing this, um, these type of games, like, for a while now. It's not just because, you know, the Jazz were down. And also – the world doesn't watch the Jazz, so they don't know anything. So they're going to see a team that's been winning a lot um, that Jokic dominated. So I think that that's a, a silver lining. It's a good point. It was a really good national spotlight game for you. Yeah. For Jokic, great spotlight. Yeah, great for Jokic. Actually, for yeah. Jokic had a terrible day. He got denied into the co continent of uh, Australia. Anyway. Yeah, and then uh, lost to the Jazz. <laughs> then lost to the Jazz. <laughs> The silver lining is that the outside of two players, Nikola Jokovic and uh, Monte Morris, like there weren't really that many other like great performances from the Denver Nuggets tonight, but they were within four points uh, in the waning moments. Like they somehow cobbled together, uh, you know, through just I get hot and cold stretches, like a pretty competent performance as a team, like as frustrating as it was, it was like, this was one of these games where they like were right on the edge, right on the precipice. They could just never get that one, like, which is actually like the, a much more frustrating game to watch, which I think is why everybody is like, so unbelievably salty on Twitter and on in the, the chat is that like this game was just supreme frustration, but 
like as badly as most of the team played like they were right there they were right there the whole time and you can just see the i mean you know it's easy to forget going through the desert like we're going through now um you know what it is that the denver nuggets like actually are like the real construction of this squad and you know you just remember like adding two max level players to this team and bringing back jeff green and bringing back zeke Naji and bringing back pj dozier and like all of these guys that were supposed to be and are the actual real roster construction. It just reminds you, man, like, you know, that this is the, the darkest uh, and next comes the dawn, you know, uh, we're going to be, we're going to be all right, folks. Everything's going to be okay, but it's just, it's just going to get dark for a while. Uh, but it, it, you know, even though it's dark, it's like, it's still entertaining, you know, like it's still like it, it, as much as I wanted to kill myself for most of this game, like it still was fun. <laughs> right? Like speaking of so, uh, speaking of dark, Eric, speaking of dark. Yeah, I'm looking at the Detroit Pistons box score right now uh, yeah, yeah. because it's time <laughs> to go around the association. <laughs> Let's go. Let's talk about some games we did not watch. First up. Detroit Pistons versus Charlotte Hornets. Charlotte Hornets dropped 140 points in Jesus regulation. Uh, and Kelly Oubre <laughs> hits eight threes in the fourth quarter. Yo! Kelly Oubre's a menace. A blonde-haired menace. 32 okay. points, nine threes off the bench for Kelly Oubre. Hornets run away with it. I got a question for you guys. Got a question for you guys. So uh, Mike Singer writes today that the Nuggets might be looking for a backup center. I don't think any any big surprise there. We know they're looking for a backup center. We know they're looking for a backup wing. I don't know about you. There's one backup center that came to mind when I saw Mike tweet that out. And he's a backup center. I know that Michael Malone would play. And that's Mason Plumlee. Oh, I don't know how available he's going to be because Charlotte is just really low on big men. But – their season, uh, they won tonight, but, you know, they've fallen off a lot from where they were earlier this year. I wonder if they'd move Plumley. And, um, I mean, of course, you'd think Denver would be interested if the price was pretty cheap. Would Plumley be interested? <laughs> I'm sure. What do you guys think? Yay or nay, Dev? Plumley back in Denver. Yay. Like the Nuggets desperately need them and they just don't need them at the price that they were going to have to pay him. Now he would love to play here and I'm sure Jokic would love it. I what think the team would play. I don't think so. I thought his soul had been removed the other night. Uh, I saw him uh, being dunked on in merciless fashion. Dude, get, get the back. only backup center in the Jokic era. That has consistently gotten flanked. Yes. Bring black. Yes. Yes. If we can do that, do it. Let's go. Come on. I, I'm with it. Christian Wood, get the hell out of here. That guy's a bum. <laughs> also, he's a malcontent. You don't want like a a guy that you don't like, regardless of how bad your coaching staff is or like how bad your locker room is, like guys that stage coups in locker rooms, like they, those are called team cancers. You don't want those dudes. Let's keep it moving, but we'll keep checking in with old friends. The Orlando Gary Harris's fall 116 to 106. Philadelphia gets the win. Joel Embiid beats up on another bad team. What else is new? Gary Harris floats back down to earth a little bit tonight, guys. Don't know if you've Uh seen him going off lately. Tonight, just 4 of 11 from the field, 10 points. Did the Nuggets lose the trade? No. I mean... Contract year Gary Harris, man. This is what he does in contract years. Man knows how to get paid. I miss Gary. You look at this game, and like you know, we can look at numbers. I'm telling you, I'm just looking at field goal attempts. I don't understand why Jokic is having the same amount of field goal attempts as Terrence Ross. Like it just doesn't make sense (laughs) to me. Those type of things aren't aren't good. Um, You look at this game, and um, Embiid, you know, has twelve. For 31 points, they're going to say he dominated in the game that Jokic just destroyed that in every single uh, fashion. So, There's got to be something up with Terrence Ross. I'm sorry. There's got to be something going on because he puts up numbers and every single year he's like, oh, the guy who a contender could grab as a shooter off the bench is Terrence Ross. And every single year he doesn't get traded. Something's so up with Terrence Ross. 
is blackmail. Or that Terrence Ross secretly does not want to leave whatsoever. Just the most content NBA player in his situation. Yeah, By the way, like, he just like hates moving. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's, Orlando works for him. Um, other old friend, RJ Hampton, 0 for 5 from the floor, 0 3 from deep, 3 assists, 0 points, negative 7 from the floor, or negative 7 overall. Tough stuff. Tough stuff. Uh, all right, great. Good RJ thoughts, guys. Okay, Houston gets the win. Kevin Porter Jr. did not leave this game at halftime. He was there for the buzzer, and he put in an off-the-dribble three to win. That's game for KPJ and the West Unsell Juniors. Who's another one? You're going to talk like Kevin Porter Jr. had a good game. He went three of 13 from the like from the <laughs> And I already know they're going to be like, oh, he came back and he didn't give up on his team. Three of 13. If Barton did that, you know what type of game they would say he had. <laughs> Would have taken a game-winning three, though. Mm. That makes up for it. That makes up for it. 24 points for Kyle Kuzma, 0 of 8 from three, though. But he's actually kind of playing well in Washington. Too bad they're tumbling. And you don't uh, hear a peep about him. That's right. Yeah, well, you, you don't hear a peep unless, unless he forces your hand. And unless then, he like, peeps. Yeah, unless he wear, yeah, unless he dresses like a peep. Like he wears an oversized pink sweater like he kyle kuzma is at the point where he's like oh man i don't just get any free press anymore i have to dress like a literal clown like some people talk about me i can't stand kyle kuzma wait really you can't stand him i did not know that that about you um let's talk about the game that i really want to talk about uh santonio spurs up up by two on boston all they have to do is inbounds the ball not throw it away they throw it right to jalen brown who's got a chance to tie the game in overtime but he bricks it. Boston Celtics lose another one, 99-97. Folks, the rumors of the Celtics' demise have not been greatly exaggerated. Jason Tatum went 6 of 20 from the field, <laughs> 1 of 6 from the three-point line, and he didn't correctly fill the lane, which made it a little bit tougher for Jalen Brown to go and blow the game on a missed layup. How do you feel? Oh, I feel great. For his, for for demon for factor. For this is just for as bad as, as this Nugget season has felt. You could always be watching the Celtics. It could always be a little worse, you know. That's right. They, they could always be a lot worse right now. Them in Portland. Yo, like we've been. The thing about uh, the, the the state of this Nuggets team is that like we've been there when there was like no hope. <laughs> we're just like we're just like artificially down bad right now. This is like not real. But why why are we down so bad though? Can we, like Nuggets are five hundred. They've played the toughest schedule in the league. They played the least amount of home games in the league. Everybody's been hurt. Everybody's have COVID. That's why we're down bad. Yeah, that those parts. We should not those be things. down this bad. Like, no, I, you're I, right. You're right. We just have to give continual pep talks. But like, it's been right. bad. <laughs> it's been like bad basketball. Like, it's not been enjoyable to watch. Like, it, well, every other night. Like every other night, it's great. And then every other other night, it's it's very. Uh, Ungreat, uh, like tonight, like that wasn't that great, but you know, artificially down bad. I think Harrison's point is actually a big part of like why it's been so bad is because they're so close to it really not being that bad at all. It's just like waiting for it to for things to get better, and they're not going to go on streaks. You know what I mean? It's going to be a two step forward, one step back kind of year. So I agree with Wind. I think we're close to some perspective, but I also think that's the very part that everyone's choking on right now. Yep. Uh, it's just tough to see them get so close. Okay, real quick, before we get out of here, Kyrie Irving returns. And the Hooray. Brooklyn Nets, 129 to 121. Lance Stevenson finishes with, what does he finish with? Not he guess 21 points or something? No, no, no. He, <laughs> uh, he finishes with? 30 ball. He had 30 a 30 points. ball. 12 of 19 from the floor, five assists in a loss. Lance returns to the Pacers. I know you love to see it, Dev. That's big time, man. Really, I think it's big time. Took 19 shots in the game, 12 and 19. Like, he had a good game. Knocked down the three ball. He was prepared. Man, he's born ready, I heard. He's born ready. <laughs> Predict his Look. stat line next game. <laughs> We're not talking about that. We're just yeah, but, but, about but, tell right me, what, what will his stat line be next game? Probably 20. Game. Probably score 20. No way. <laughs> Yeah, There's like no 26 way. shots. There's no way, dude. He's going to shoot 34 times and have eight points next game. Look, I think I'm the only one on this show right now who watched 
every Lance Stevenson game for the Grand Rapids Gold this season. I think I can say that you can. as a fact. I told you he was good. <laughs> I told you he was looking like an NBA player. And when I said that, I saw all the side eyes that you guys gave me. <laughs> I heard I heard all the all the snickering in the in the slack. I thought, oh, Harrison doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah. I told you Lance yes. was good. I told you. That's us. Always just talking shit about wind. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. We we yeah, we have a side 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 I'm slack sure channel. Do. We, I'm sure no, you do. Oh, here's Harrison with his G League takes coming in. <laughs> yes. It's the chimeless group chat. It's really shit. Um, all right, guys. Well, that's good enough for me. Thanks for going around. Dude, let's get the F out of here, dude. Thanks for thanks for going through this therapy. Thanks to everyone for watching. Good numbers on the loss. Guys, Harrison's right. Oh, so close, you know, so far away. But we have no choice, right? This is what we do. This is who we are. We'll be back here every time, win or lose, in this lounge together, chopping it up. Thanks for watching. Enjoy yourselves. We're that much closer to the weekend. We will talk to you guys tomorrow. We suffer together.